MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action rolling along here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds is here. Kelly Bidlin is here as well. We're going to actually get, uh, get, get some big time hockey talk in 15 minutes from now. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN is going to join us to talk some puck in the next segment there. Uh, but Kelly Bidlin. We have a lot going on. Wes and I are trying to break a record we had last night of most college hoops bets in primetime action. Can we say primetime action history? Yeah, I, th- I think it's been broken uh, the last three nights in a row. Yeah, I, th- I think you and Ben started it on Tuesday night, and then you and Wes broke it last night. And then, yeah, you guys you guys should definitely try to break it it's, again. It's the uh, steroid era of primetime action <laughs> where we're breaking the home run record. You're in a hole already, Jeff. you got to dig out of that hole. Come oh, on. Well, what do you want? This, 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 here's what I'll say. When, Wes, when you bet on bad teams, sometimes mm-hmm. you get some really bad results. Mm-hmm. And tonight, uh, for, for William and Mary, uh, Kelly, I think we can, uh, I think we can uh, do the election call on, uh, on this game that this is, I'm losing twice here, where William and Mary has a hearty 26 points 26. with four minutes to go against Northeastern. So this is like calling Massachusetts for the Democrats <laughs> yeah. right when the polls close here. Yes, yeah, so or... Uh, uh, well, K- Kentucky's usually the first one that closes. Yeah, they are. It's Kentucky yeah. and Indiana. They're the first two that close. We're firing six you one early. No, yeah, I, I, I deserve a double for this one. J- just because, just at twenty-six points at that point in the game. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even need to know what the other what the other team has. Yeah, no, at fifty-five twenty-six with three fifty to go. Just, a, I just two horrible bets there. So. We'll just put those in the trash and we'll go from there. But, Kelly, we have better action than that going on right now. Yeah, let's uh, do some updates. We'll start over in the NBA. Cavaliers with a five-point lead over the Pistons. That is 55-50. to Three and a half minutes left in the first half. Cavs, six and a half point live favorites. 224 and a half the live total. Celtics out early, uh, up early on the Nets. That is 20 to 10, 545 left in the first quarter. Celtics 12 and a half live and 214 and a half your live total. Over on the ice, Blue Jackets and Panthers 1-1, three minutes into the second period. So they're, they're a little behind pace, Jeff, mm. a little behind pace. Live total in that game right now is seven, but a juice to the under now, minus 145 on the under in that game. Panthers minus 400 live. Blue Jackets plus 275 on the money line. Devils have a 3-0 lead over the Penguins 30 seconds into the second period. Uh, Devils minus 475. 
Penguins only plus 320 to come back from a three-goal deficit. Uh, seven and a half, your live total, juice to the under. Rangers up one nothing over the Capitals one minute into the second period. Rangers minus 330. Capitals plus 230. Live total set at five. Wild and Maple Leafs scoreless in the first intermission. The Maple Leafs have not won a game since I've started covering hockey, which lasted started four <laughs> days ago. Maple Leafs minus 145 live. Wild plus 110 live total set at five. Over in college basketball, we got a bunch of games going on. Right now we have Maryland and Indiana at the half. Indiana up 30 to 27. Uh, Indiana six-point live favorite, 127 and a half the live total. Memphis and Temple at the half. Memphis with a 33-32 lead. Uh, Memphis seven and a half point live favorites, 137 and a half the live total. Marshall up on Middle Tennessee. Uh, 29 to 24, second half just underway there. Minus 115 on the money line each way. 125 and a half is the live total, Jeff. We are also Kelly. I, I have to. I have to bring this up too. Old Dominion's winning. Sorry, I forgot. I oh, I, well, I, the, thank, thank you. I appreciate You're you. Bringing, I appreciate you bringing up something that actually is going right so far for me tonight. But Wes, uh, one of the sm- in the NEC tonight, mm-hmm. the perennial power in that league this year is Wagner, and Wagner was playing at Fairleigh Dickinson tonight. Fairleigh Dickinson is a nice hearty three and twenty. Yes. And Wagner's a 14, or excuse me, 13 and a half point favorite mm-hmm. in this across the board. With 21 seconds to go, Fairly Dickinson is going to the lineup too with a chance to pull what would be a pretty significant upset in that league yeah, and yeah. betting wise as well. And I'm glad that you bring this up just for a macro example here because this weekend, the lower major conferences, a lot of their last regular season games are either tonight, tomorrow, or Saturday or Sunday, pretty much the entire weekend. And you're going to get to where these conference titles are going to be decided and who's going to be the top seeds in these tournaments and whatnot. These are all going to be one big leagues, pretty much the Northeast, including one of them Wagner right now, half game lead over Bryant. We know we talked about Missouri Valley last night. Mm -hmm. Arch Madness is going to be starting uh, right around this time uh, next Thursday night with the uh, bottom four teams in the conference. But keep in mind when you're handicapping this, look at all these different angles who needs to clinch to win the conference conference or who needs the clinch just to get like the one seed or to get a buy if they have like a buy in the first round or some of these conferences where it's like we only take eight teams like the Ohio Valley Conference where it's like okay you got to win to get into this seed because those are oftentimes going to be priced in the line and I find more often than not you can go against a little bit of that because the lines are going to be so inflated because we know what the stakes are going to be for these teams in these one bid leagues. No 100% by the way it looks like Wagner might have just bailed themselves out here. A missed free throw, a bucket on the other end. Fairly Dickinson has the ball in a tie game with nine seconds left. Wes, I'm going to say Fairly Dickinson probably probably will not score, and then Wagner will probably win the game in yeah, overtime. Yeah, and if it goes to overtime, they're not winning. Now, Wagner, you got to cover a big number. I think 14 was the market high right. on this team. So there you go there. Uh, NBA action that's just about underway. To, you got probably another minute or so to get in on some of these. We talked about this one earlier. The Hawks and the Bulls, a really good game in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls, of course, opening the final quarter of the season in a tie for first in the conference. The Hawks, one of the bigger disappointments in the 10-hole right now in the East. The Bulls laying three. 
And again, an astronomically high yeah. total of 240. Down to two and a half at there some spots here. I believe we do have a lineup announced. It is going to be Ao Disonmu going in the lineup with Zach Levine, Javante Green, DeRozan, and Vucevic against Atlanta's lineup of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Danilo Gallinari, and Clint Capella. I took three and a half. You are starting to see some two and a half show late in the market. Yeah, I lean Atlanta way too. I'll probably look at hopping in live on them. Uh, Lou Williams is upgraded. He's going to go tonight for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Was questionable earlier. Zach Levine also working his way back from injury. Uh, word out on him is he's going to play. He's going to start. There is no minutes restriction whatsoever on him tonight. So uh, look out for Zach Levine there in Chicago. All right. That's good news for the Bulls who have been missing Levine for the better portion of a few weeks now with that injury. Uh, Grizzlies and Timberwolves. T-Wolves have taken money here, Wes. Yeah, and some of mine, too. I took two. I did not get the two and a half here, but we don't have a, I don't have a lineup here yet uh, for this yet team. So uh, we've got some, uh, hopefully not some late injury news on the Timberwolves side. That's who I have bet, of course. But I did take plus two on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know the Grizzlies have kind of been the plucky upstart in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, Minnesota, you know, kind of what about us, even though obviously not as good of a record 41 and 19 for the Grizzlies, but Memphis, you know, Minnesota, finally, I think, you know, when you get some talent, you got some talent around the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns up there showed that him and Russell and those guys, you know, really getting it going for the first time in Minnesota. They have not been a very good team, but showing some life, probably going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, the one thing that uh, one thing little that leaned me uh, in the Memphis side of this was just just matchup situations. Uh, Memphis been really good defending the glass this year and really good on the offensive side of the ball down low. Minnesota not so great defending down low, not and and struggled to put up points there already with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he's going to have to push his game a little bit further outside, I think, for this matchup tonight against Memphis. And by the way, uh, we do have overtime that Wagner FDU game, so we have a uh, overtime in. Who needs a house down in Hackensack? There we go. Little little, little Billy Joel moving the, out uh, for the, you. The 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 the, uh, the Rothman Center, I believe, there for uh, for FDU. Uh, and uh, Wagner, I imagine Wagner will win, and hopefully no one has to sweat an FDU right. ticket. Yeah, if you had FDU plus 13 and a half and that doesn't get there, that is a atrocious beat. Just horrendous. We have seen some really bad overtimes recently. Uh, there was an overtime where someone got outscored. I believe it was uh, UTSA got outscored mm-hmm. by 18 in overtime yeah. last week. Just something that you just normally don't see every day. One more NBA game just about underway. Phoenix at OKC. The Suns a ten and a half point favorite, uh, two twenty and a half. You're told, and I believe this is the first game without Chris Paul because that injury yep. news came out, of course, over All Star Weekend in Cleveland. So lineup for Phoenix is going to be Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton for the Oklahoma City Thunder. SGA back in the lineup: Shea Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy, Aaron Wiggins, Darius Baisley, Derek Favors. That is going to close ten and a half. Some tens out there. I considered the Thunder maybe with Phoenix. Knicks being a little rusty off the break, but I elected the pass here. This is one I might. I'm going to take a quick look at what. Uh, probably missed it already. Devin Booker's assist prop might be worth playing though. Cameron Payne's still out for them, uh, so Devin Booker really is going to be running the point guard duties yeah. here, at least, at least to start the game before they work in Aaron Holiday or Alfred Payton. Yeah, Shamet is going to play as well. He got upgraded to probable, by the way, for Phoenix. But I think you're right. I think you are going to see Booker maybe be a little bit more of a facilitator in this one. 
looks like Cam Johnson's going to round out the starting five tonight for Phoenix. So, that, Kelly, if, if somehow you got a book that still has that open, go ahead and snag it right now. I mm-hmm. think Booker assist would be a pretty good play there, Bidlin. I'm with you there. Nope, missed it. Now oh, there you go. Well, it's like if I didn't have to produce this damn show, I could get these <laughs> yeah. bets in, for in God's sakes. Work gets in the way of betting all the time. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, Kelly. Like, we're going over through breaks here and just, like, trying to get in our apps. And I'm looking at the Don Best. So, that's what happens. Yeah, that's the OTBB, the on-the-break bet. Yes. Yeah, no, try again. That's that's where a lot of our halftime bets are coming from today during the break uh, for, for this uh, one. We we're trying again. Wes and I trying to set the PTA record for most college basketball mm-hmm. bets in a single show. We're on our way. We're on our way for that. I, I just have to probably add San Francisco and two more in order to get us there. Greg Wyshynski covers the NHL for ESPN. He's going to join us in the next segment. We're going to talk hockey. Wyshynski, coming your way next. Primetime action here on v If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back here on primetime action here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Kelly Bidlin's here. Wes Reynolds is here. Now with us, Senior NHL writer at ESPN. It is Greg Wyshynski with us right now. Greg, thanks for being with us tonight. It's it's good to talk to you. And uh, just uh, go into a game that's going to start in 15 minutes. I want to get your thoughts on this. The Stars tonight are taking on the Preds. Right now, uh, the Preds favorite at home in this one with a total of five and a half. Do you have any thoughts here right out of the gate on this game that's starting just a short time from now? Yeah, my thoughts are it's Pekka Rene night, and, and whenever you get one of those big emotional ceremonies before the game, it kind of messes with your process sometimes. It could be 
a, a mess with your process for the home team. It could be one for the road team, too, having to wait out that delay when you get done with those speeches and stuff. So that's a, an interesting variable in a game that obviously has a lot of playoff uh, connotations in the Central Division. My play on this game was the over, uh, five and a half here. Uh, the, the Predators have been hitting the over with some consistency lately. I know Dallas... You know, not necessarily a team that you count on for a lot of goals and games, um, but uh, their stats on the road, I think in their last 10 road games, uh, they've averaged over five goals uh, total in their games. Uh, so I like the over here, not by a lot, but, uh, but uh, Nashville, I think, gives me a little confidence that they're going to be able to hit it. Greg, another team right in the playoff mix, of course, is the leader in the Pacific Division. That's the Calgary Flames. They're in Vancouver. Vancouver trying to get in that top four in the Pacific, I believe, about five points back. So if you don't have anything necessarily on this game, just from a macro sense here in this Pacific Division with Calgary up by uh, four points, essentially two games over VGK, the Kings right there. Edmonton has played better hockey since the coaching change. Who do you think is going to end up at the top of the Pacific Division at the end of the regular season? I think it's going to be Calgary. You know, they had a games play in hand advantage over Vegas for a while. Um, you know, the thing about the the Oilers, who I agree have played better under Jay Woodcraft since the coaching change, is they were playing better against teams that I think that they felt I feel like they could beat. The minute they got into the ring with uh, the Minnesota Wild, the Tampa Bay Lightning, it was a bit of a different story. Yeah. I, you know, Calgary is kind of a, a total package team this season. I don't think any of us really anticipated a Daryl Sutter coach team would be as good offensively as they are. They were great offensively. Then they go out and acquire Tyler Toffoli from the Montreal Canadiens, which was a real smart move, making that trade well before the uh, prices get all wacky at the trade deadline. And, and he's fit right in on that on that squad in their top six. Uh, they have great goaltending, solid, solid defense. They're, they're a total package team. And, you know, as, as Vegas kind of gets used to life with Jack Eichel, they also have to play – for a bit without Mark Stone, and, and taking him off that team I think leaves them a bit vulnerable, and I, I think at the end of the day it'll be the Flames that win the division. Greg Wyshynski with us right now here on Primetime Action, covering the NHL for ESPN. Greg, uh, who is currently the one team, and we'll, we'll go with the West first, who's the one team that's currently on the outside looking in of the playoffs in the Western Conference that you would say has the best chance of getting in? <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't apply to the East. Right. <laughs> Everybody that's out of the right. East ain't get, get, ain't getting back in. I mean, there's a sizable gap. But the only – actually, it's funny. The only team that I think in the East – I'm jumping ahead here to the next question. But the only team in the East that I think has even a shot at getting in would be the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it would take a heck of a run. But they've played really well under their coach, Brad Larson, and, and Patrick Laine right now is as hot as any scorer in the league. I don't think they'll be able to pull it off, but they could potentially make things interesting. Over the West, I mean, I'd have to really kind of take a look at who's out right now. I mean, the thing changes on a day-by-day basis where you have teams like the Anaheim Ducks and the Dallas Stars and the others that are kind of hopping in and hopping out of the playoff order. But what I'll do is I'll tell you who I think will be. In the Pacific, I think the Flames and the the VGK, obviously. I think the LA Kings are going to find their way in. I've been really impressed with some of their underlying numbers and, and the fact that it's been the veteran players that have really, really led the way. And you have guys like Drew Dowdy and Anjiko Patar who are just tired of being on the outside looking in. Um, I do think at the end of the day that the Oilers will find their way in. I, I've seen McDavid and Dreisaitl drag worse versions 
of this team into the playoffs. And then, you know, in the Central, you've got Colorado that it's obviously going to be in Minnesota. I think Nashville is surreal. And it kind of leaves that one extra wild card spot with a bunch of teams fighting for it. I have a sneaky suspicion that that final spot will end up probably going to the Dallas Stars. Um, the Winnipeg Jets are a team that just can't seem to get over the hump, and the coaching change they made didn't really uh, energize many of the players in that roster. Um, it's, and then you have the other kind of wild card there, which is the Anaheim Ducks, who have really outkicked their coverage this year and have the youthful enthusiasm thing going in their, in their favor, too but I feel like they might just fall short. Greg did just mention the Blue Jackets, Jeff, and uh, Blue Jackets a uh, little bit less than $4 dogs tonight, currently up midway through the second on the Florida Panthers, 2-1. to one. Greg, uh, looking at the East, it seems like the eight are pretty much set, and the team actually with the least amount of points of those eight is the Boston Bruins. They get Brad Marchand back from that suspension tonight, taking on the expansion Seattle Kraken, but kind of a macro question about Boston. Do you think that this team maybe could play a little bit of a spoiler. We're kind of used to seeing them up higher in the standings in the Eastern Conference, but of course, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Pittsburgh, all north of 70 points right now, and then the Leafs not too far behind, but do you think maybe there's something to Detroit with this young goaltending tandem of Olmark and Swayman? Well, first of all, I've realized I left the Blues out of the West, and they're obviously going to be a playoff team. They're mm-hmm. a really good team, and I think they're a team that could easily win the conference. Uh, as far as the Bruins go, I mean, it, it's kind of a, you know, sad state of affairs when we're talking about this team being a spoiler, you know, versus being a team that's, right. that's putting the pedal down and trying to win a cup. But I think that's kind of where they are right now as far as the makeup of this team. They've got some holes in the lineup. They've, they're obviously dangerous. I mean, any team that can, any, that can throw out the Marchand line, Taylor Hall, you know, and, and, and have good goal, you know, above average goaltending for, uh, as they do, I think they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, but but it remains to be seen. You know, I think obviously if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you never want to see them in the first round for obvious reasons. They can't beat them. But I do think that if you're uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers in that first round, I think you look at Boston as as a top out, but but a team that you could probably beat. Greg, uh, just uh, looking at the four division leaders right now: Florida, Carolina, Colorado, and Calgary. Who do you think of those four is the most likely to go out in a first round? Wow, good question. I mean, it would have to be Florida. Uh, the thing about the Panthers right now, I wrote about them today on ESPN. You can check out the story. They're without question the most must-see team in the NHL, but it's because they can score you know, seven goals themselves and then give up six. Like, like the, the thing about them, and I was, asking, I was talking to somebody earlier about their rivalry with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The thing about the Lightning is that over time they figured out how they have to play defense in order to win a championship and, and how to excel in the playoffs. And, and not only being a team that could hang a bunch of goals on you like they always could, but also being a team that can win a one nothing Game 7 against the New York Islanders like they did in their cup run. And I don't think the Florida Panthers are quite yet, there yet. I think they can score their way out of any problem. They can win games 8-5. to five. But I don't necessarily have confidence that they could win a tightly played 2-1 playoff game in a critical spot, not only because of their team defense, but also because they don't have that faith in their goaltending right now.
Greg, the team fourth in the Metropolitan Division are the Washington Capitals. They're playing the blue shirt tonight in the Garden. Rangers up one nothing. about seven minutes left to go in the second. But Washington did get the reinforcements tonight. They got Backstrom back. They got Oshie back. They got Justin Schultz back. Do you think that now that, you know, finally a little bit more healthy that this Washington team maybe could make a run up and pass the Rangers or pass Pittsburgh in this Met division? Yeah, I think they could make it interesting, and their goaltending is kind of turning the corner too. Um, you, you know, it's it's tough to really put them over as an offensive team when they lose the one nothing of the Rangers right now. But getting Oshie back is key. They were, I, I think, it was in the neighborhood of like twelve three and four uh, with him in the lineup, and he's been out of the lineup for for most of the season. And where he really makes a difference is on that power play. You know, the, the thing about the, their power play is that everybody gives so much love and attention to what Ovechkin accomplishes in that power play, and obviously with the amount of goals he scores and with that unstoppable shot, it's justified. But Oshie's role in that power play as the bumper and allowing, you know, distributing the puck and getting chances himself really makes that power play a lot more potent. And it's something to kind of keep an eye on going forward. He's Greg Wyshynski. You can get him on the tweets at his name, at Wyshynski. Covers the NHL for ESPN. You also see him on Daily Wager as well. Greg, pleasure as always to talk to you. It's, it's good to hear from you again, and we'll uh, talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And again, best bet tonight on Daily Wager, cracking under two and a half goals against those Bruins. So there, check that out if you're interested. There we go. On, mm-hmm. on Team total under on uh, the Kraken, who I, I – Kelly – I know Matt Brown, who's not here tonight, would endorse anything against the Kraken. That is a Matt Brown bet all the way. Mm-hmm. That is just complete anti-Kraken. So, yeah, he is all for that one. There we go. So, uh, Greg Wyshynski's best bet, team total under two and a half on the Seattle Kraken tonight against the Boston Bruins. Uh, Wes, uh, not a not a hot start for the Hawks tonight in Chicago. No, no, sixteen to six currently. Five twenty six left to go in the first quarter. We do have one game at halftime, by the way. Cleveland fifty five to fifty two over Detroit, and we are final in Hackensack. And surprisingly, the underdog gets the outright win. The FDU Knights' uh, fourth win of the season over Wagner. Incredible! They get it done as a thirteen and a half point underdog. Way to go! Fairly Dickinson Knights against Wagner there. We're uh, we're going golfing next. We're going to get the updated odds of the Honda Classic next on Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data this week, or excuse me, this week, any day. Regardless, the new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving on every single game. You'll be able to see where the pe- the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, total and against the spread bets. Betting splits another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game right now, VEASAN.com. Apparently, reading was hard there for me at the beginning. Reading of that is read. fundamental. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fr- you, you had it right, man. T- I, I, tonight's a part of the week. It okay? is true. Mm-hmm. It is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is primetime action. Kelly Bidlin's here. Wes Reynolds here. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. Uh, well, we again, Wednesday night is golf preview night on yes. the show. So Thursday night is round one recap. 
And uh, did anyone have uh, Kurt Kitayama to be first-round leader on the desk? I, 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 would I did not. I would imagine no. Kelly 0 for 3 on Kitayama. Yeah, if anybody would have had it, it would have been McCollum because McCollum loves everything UNLV, <laughs> our engineer back there, Sean McCollum. Kurt Kitayama, former Rebel golfer. Kirk Kitayama, uh, the sole leader yeah. with, with, with a uh, with a six under sixty four. Won a couple times on the DP World Tour, some smaller events, but uh, obviously I did not have him. But the guy that has a guy in contention close to the leaderboard is one Kelly Bidlin. Uh, yep. He went with the home angle here with the Jupiter Florida guy, and that being Daniel Berger, who I was checking the uh, the world rankings, uh, and I think oh Mito Pereira did squeeze in there because Berger was the only guy in the top one hundred in terms of the world rankings being on the leaderboard just right outside the top 20. Daniel Berger goes five under par, so he is tied for second with Roy Sabatini. Chris Kirk, a guy I considered, but didn't play, so that does me no good. And then there's a drop-off to the three unders there, Uline, Rye. Even a couple of these guys, and I like to think I know everybody that's on one of the major tours here in golf, whether mm-hmm. it's the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour, I had no idea who Andrew Cozon is. And I was like, wow, Callum Terran from England also tied for 10th at 200 par. No idea who those guys Wes are. Wes Reynolds doesn't know who you are. It is, it is damn impressive you're on the front page of a leaderboard. That's a, a, Andrew Cozon, the pride of Auburn. Okay. Okay, sure. he, he yeah. might have gotten in. I'm guessing this was a sponsor exemption, or I don't know if he was a Monday qualifier or what, because they had like 15 guys for one spot that <laughs> yeah. had to come back for a playoff yeah, on Tuesday wow. morning. Incredible there. 22-year-old amateur. Okay, he is from uh, West Palm Beach. So uh, I think he might have got like a special field exemption because uh, he plays uh, on that course or might have been uh, friends with the uh, organizers. I don't know. But nevertheless, the Auburn player is in the field and on the first page of the board. There you go. I mean, that's that's what we were talking about yesterday. It's these guys like that that have seen this course a million times. Peter Uline's another guy. He's lived in this area for Mm -hmm. a long time. Wes, I know you've seen him on the European tour, and Mm -hmm. it's – it's no surprise to me whenever you see names of this tournament that are up there because some of these guys not only live in the area but grow up in the area. Uh, they know this course very, very well, including Daniel Berger. Um, Wes, as far as the odds look like for uh, heading into round two, the live odds right now, I'm not interested in much just because I do have Berger right, right there and Brooks Kepka a few shots off, and they are two of the lowest uh, lowest odds guys. We've got Berger at plus 350, Chris Kirk 10 to 1. Brooks twelve to one, Billy Horschel twelve to one, who you are on, uh, Sabatini twenty two to one, Danny Willett twenty five to one, Cameron Young, another good day for Cameron Young yeah. after what he did last week, twenty five to one, Kitayama there he is at twenty five to one, Mito Pereira twenty eight to one, Aaron Rye thirty to one. Tommy Fleetwood, thirty to one, it goes on and on. Yeah, did you? You ended up betting Aaron Rye too. Right? I did not, and uh, I was going to mention him. You read my mind because look, you can come back from deep in this, and Aaron Rye's not all that deep. He's tied for fifth, just three shots off the Kitayama lead. But he was a guy I used in the draft, I think for a top twenty or, or something like that in that's the draft, if I remember it. But he would be a guy maybe I would come in on uh, here at, at thirty to one because he was like one of the last guys because you can't play like ten or. 12 guys every week, so you got to try to limit it, even if you go deep to six, seven guys, and that's what I try to keep it at for a full field event like this. But keep in mind that this Honda Classic, and we were talking about this before we came on air, 
you can come back from deep and win this thing. Just two years ago, Sun JM was two over par to uh, on the first day and came back and won, ended up finishing six under par. I think the score is going to be a little bit lower than that this time around, but you know, you can come back because look, this bear trap and not only the bear trap that we talk about 15 through 17, we mentioned it last night, five through seven is a bear in its own right. It yep. doesn't have a special nickname, but I think five through seven, I didn't get the final data, but I believe it did play harder today than 15 through 17. Of course, the bear trap. Wes, uh, it's funny again, uh, going through this, I did, I did a little more preparation this week on golf because I knew I'd be on the desk with, with you. And I knew Kelly has a good, uh, good time with golf as well. Aaron Rye was the name that I came up with right now. If yeah. there was any sort of in-game, in-tournament in bet, yeah. that was the only one that I came up with. He's a good player, by the way. He has one. On, he's an Englishman. He's won on the uh, DP World Tour, I believe, twice uh, in his career. Uh, made the uh, Corn Ferry Finals. Actually should have won on the KFT, but kind of made a mess of 18. I think it was up in Boise at that Albertsons Open. And he's now, right now, 100 in the world. But he's played very well so far. Made a nice showing of himself on the PGA Tour. Remember, he was kind of in the mix on on uh, the weekend at the Farmers Insurance Open T6 and you wouldn't think that'd be a great course for him because that's a little bit of a longer course mm-hmm. especially that south course which plays almost 7700 yards but to be T6 in a really good field and he you know he's a guy couple wins on the DP World Tour I said one in Hong Kong a couple years ago won the Irish Open back in 2020 this is a guy that I think is going to win on the PGA Tour because he's such a good iron player and he's very good usually around the greens but not a very big guy so he doesn't hit it really long off the tee. All right, I got one one bet I I'm looking at that I would recommend that we're not going to be able to make here here in this town west, but Jim Herman had an interesting round. The Hermanator. Not not a household name whatsoever, but this is a guy who uh he plays this tournament just every year, has had some good showings in this tournament, another very local guy. Um him coming in at, now that I just lost this on this page. Okay, so he went, gained over three strokes tee to green today, lost almost two strokes putting. He's at even par. He gets that putter going. He could easily move up. He has a lot of familiarity with this course. Now, I am not not recommending an outright bet on him. Win equity is just not there. He's not going to get past some of these other names. Right. But if you can find a live top 20 market mm-hmm. or top 40 market, mm-hmm. I think that's a great bet well, right now. And Jim Herman, you would be surprised. He's 44 years old, kind of seen as a journeyman. By the way, he was the former assistant pro at a, at a, a certain golf club named after a certain president in Bedminster, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. And he that's what he did before he went on the PGA Tour. He's won three times over the last few years, one in Houston, one the Barbasol, one the Wyndham a couple years ago. So, yeah, maybe not to win because I look, he's 44 years old, so, you know, not too far from the Champions he, Tour. He's 400 to 1, though, if you, I guess if you wanted to make that yeah. bad. I'm not recommending because this, it. But. This is obviously he is also not a guy that really hits it very long off the tee, but he can stripe it and he can get hot with the putter. I remember when he won that Wyndham a couple years ago over Billy Horschel. That broke out my buddy Brady Cannon, my co-host on Long Shots Heart, because he had Billy Horschel and just couldn't make a putt, and Jim Herman made everything. Shot 61-63 on the weekend to win that Wyndham. Was it wasn't Herman 250 to one in that yeah. tournament? Yes. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I think you were dead on with that number. Yeah, because because I, I, I remember I, I remember watching that, that tournament. And like who I, I didn't. He, I didn't he know had who he to was. win that just to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs right, that year. Right. Even though he did have two previous wins on the PGA Tour, but you know. 
sometimes when you get these weaker fields, and there are certain courses for certain players, you know, not everybody can compete week in and week out. Not everybody's John Rahm where it's like, oh, John Rahm yeah. can win on any course or Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy. There are certain guys that target certain courses and certain events. So in terms of a live top 20 market, uh, which I believe you can do at DraftKings, is that correct, Kelly? Yeah, they they usually have that up. It might be later tonight. It's not up right now. I, mean, right. I checked points bet. They don't have theirs up yet either, but usually those East Coast books, you'll be able to find markets like that. I, I'm just trying to look, Wes, because this really is, you know, you've got a lower scoring tournament and a tournament where scores can mm-hmm. change so drastically round yeah. to round. This theoretically should be a good live betting tournament yeah. to get in. And I kind of left a spot or two open for me to try to do that. I'm just not seeing, you know, as far as guys that I've got in pocket already, uh, you know, that are up there, I'm just not seeing a lot right now. That's driving me to make a bet after this round. Who yeah, knows, yeah. Who knows after tomorrow? But is there, is there anybody that kind of sticks out to you as a, a bet you'd want to make on the outright market? Yeah, I think you can wait maybe till after 36 to really get involved here. See if these leaders. Now, you got to think some of them are going to come back to the pack. Maybe some of them are going to stick. Your guy, Daniel Berger, is somebody I think not really going to drop off very far. You got to think he's going to be a contender really throughout. And remember, he did make the playoff here several years ago, lost to Patty Harrington in that playoff. But this is a guy from Jupiter, Florida, only about 15 miles, I think, north of this course. So, you know, Berger, Kepka, that's why you see them very priced shortly on the board. I am I am going to defer to you guys on on basically everything. Aaron Rye is my only my only play that I'm going to make. I am going to bet that actually find a thirty to one on Rye and take a little shot there uh, in play here for the Honda Classic. There are a bunch of good college basketball games coming up at the top of the nine o'clock hour. We preview them next. Primetime action. Be sin. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. 
You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Need more college basketball insight? Check out Coast to Coast Hoops with our guy Greg Peterson. Not only does he check out every major game, he checks out every game on the card looking for which betting opportunities are the best in those games. An opinion on every single college hoops game on Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson. Now available vston.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure you catch up on all of our VEASAN shows and podcasts as well. It is primetime action here on VEASAN. I'm Jeff Parles, Wes Reynolds. Kelly Bidlin is here. Happy to be with you on the final Thursday of February. No stone unturned, no village unpillaged on that Greg Peterson podcast. No, that is 100% correct. Every single stone turned on every single game. <laughs> if you have, look, if you have to ask him a question about a Houston Baptist, he'll actually give you an answer. <laughs> By the way, Houston Baptist and Incarnate Word in a dreadful Southland game right now, 26-22, Incarnate Word in front of Houston Baptist. That is so. the only time that matchup will ever get mentioned on this very program. <laughs> Unless if one of us happened yeah. to have a bet on that game, which thankfully neither of us right, did tonight. Right, I'm glad we left that one alone. <laughs> uh, good games coming at 9 o'clock Eastern time in college hoops. Let's start with Gonzaga and San Francisco West because the hook is coming back Really, basically everywhere except for a book or two now. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga, the favorite on the road there at War Memorial Auditorium there in San Fran. Gonzaga, 10.5, big total, 158, no shock there. Wes, I added San Francisco, so you and I are both on the Dons getting 10.5 yeah, now. I, yeah, I am on USF here. And look, uh, you know, he gave, Todd Golden, probably of anybody in the WCC, including Randy Bennett, I think really game plans for Gonzaga better than anyone. And San Francisco did give them their closest game in conference play this year. However, that was a 16-point win for Gonzaga at the Kennel. I think USF covered by the hook, if memory serves me correctly there. Uh, look, Masalski, you know, really good player. Now, he and Tape did kind of get overwhelmed last time by Timmy and Holmgren because the Zags, I believe, in that game points per possession, which obviously is really good offensive efficiency. And there's a reason why this team's number two in the offensive efficiency. USF runs some good pick and roll. Bouye is a guy who can create a little bit off the dribble. And that's where I think you can get Gonzaga. Those guards can get beat off the bounce. And that's what USF is going to have to do, particularly with Bouye. Uh, Lowest spread Gonzaga has been favored by in WCC play. But I do think uh, USF is going to compete here on the hilltop tonight. This is obviously... Obviously, a big game for them. It might be too much to ask them to pull the upset, but if they so happen to do so, USF, I think, is really clinched there at large possibility or probability here because they're still kind of right there. Even with that bad loss they had a couple weeks ago to Portland, this is a team that's got some decent non-conference wins. You know, they're not against like Power 5 teams or Power 6 teams, as it were. You include the Big East for college basketball, but... Yeah, I I think that this is going to be a competitive game here because I do think even though Gonzaga deals with this all the time, there is pressure to go undefeated in your conference. And I think people sometimes kind of ignore that a little bit. And Gonzaga has kind of been so dominant, but they've kind of, you know, Santa Clara, I thought, played them tough last time out. I think Santa Clara, I believe, only lost by 12. 12. There's a no sweat cover over the weekend. No sweat cover for the Broncos in that game. So you're kind of seeing Gonzaga. They beat St. Mary's by 16 
didn't cover there. I think they won by 20 at Pepperdine. So you can kind of see they're getting a late in the season. They they've already they've had senior night because that was Saturday against Santa Clara. Now you got back to back in the Bay Area. You got to go to the Hilltop tonight, and then you got Moraga on Saturday to go ahead and play St. Mary's. Toughest stretch of the season for the Bulldogs comes right at the end of the regular season. Yeah, and again, senior night for San Francisco as well. Wes, we brought it up earlier. If San Francisco had a little bit more closing ability, Mm -hmm. we could be looking at a team that (laughs) could realistically be playing into themselves into a six seed if they won tonight. And this is for seniors, by the way. And the one thing you brought up senior night, so I got a minute to kind of talk about that. Senior night, senior day. A lot of times you get lines inflated because of that situation because everybody thinks, you know, conventional wisdom is like, oh, man, it's senior night. It's our last night at home. We're going to go beat the hell out of whoever we're playing. Obviously, this is an extreme situation with number one in the country coming in. But senior night for a lot of these kids, especially with the program where you've accomplished something, where maybe you've won a conference title or you've made a deep run in the NCAA tournament, Elite Eight, Final Four, or made it to the Sweet 16, like if you're a mid-major, senior night's a sad night. Senior night's a very melancholy night. You've got your parents or your guardians or your significant other, your brothers and sisters, you know, giving the, bringing the flowers out to mom and the tears are flowing. You got to give the speech to the crowd at the end of the game. Senior night's a sad night. So oftentimes I think those lines get inflated where you can go against teams on those senior nights. Now, I just so happen to be on USF here for senior night because I think, look, you're not motivated by senior night. You're motivated by number one in the country coming yep. to the hilltop tonight at the uh, War Memorial. So I think the USF Dons are going to give Gonzaga a heck of a game here. Wes, another one starting in 10 minutes. It looks like E.J. Liddell is going to give it a go for Ohio State. But that line hasn't budged. It's still mm-hmm. Illinois minus seven basically across the board here. Yeah, and I didn't end up getting involved in this game because I did kind of miss the boat when the sixes were available, but Liddell going to try to give it a go. Ohio State, I thought, got pretty fortunate the other night to get that win over Indiana. Indiana just kind of melted down the final two minutes. Hopefully they don't do that again tonight because they're a little bit ahead of the number, but yeah, Ohio State uh, going to Illinois. Illinois probably is playing, arguably, I think, the best basketball in the Big Ten right now. Them and Purdue look like they're going to battle it out if you uh, think the standings are going to stay the same. I believe Illinois and Purdue right now, uh, well, Illinois 12 and 4, okay, Purdue and Wisconsin 13 and 4, and Illinois did get sweep by the Boilermakers. So look, still a possibility for Brad Underwood and the Illini to go ahead and get their uh, nice win at Michigan State, even though Michigan State made it a little close for comfort on Saturday, but they went out and pretty much, you know, took the boots to Sparty, but had to hang on at the end. So I kind of lean your way on Illinois. I'm not going to lay seven or seven and a half when I could have laid six. This might be an in-game opportunity. But now that Illinois is healthy and they got Coburn, you know, Coburn going, Curbelo did miss some time. A couple of the other guards missed some time. So now Illinois got a couple guys off their bench that aren't going to be available tonight. But I still think they have enough to get by the Buckeyes. I uh, I just don't love, I don't like the matchup for Ohio State mm-hmm. here. I, I just really don't. You really uh, Zed Key, but that's really it of all you can you can match up right. with against Coburn, uh, Coburn I should say. And 
I think he, Kofi's going to have a huge night tonight. I think that's really why I handicapped it the well, way I did. And Branham, by the way, who had that hell of a game for Ohio State yeah. against Indiana, he was really the one because Indiana uh, tried to guard him with Parker Stewart, and that did not go well. He's not going to have Parker Stewart, who's not a very good defender on him tonight. He's going to have Trent Frazier on him. And Trent Frazier's arguably the best backcourt defender in all of the Big Ten. So if you shut him down and you've got a Liddell that's not all that healthy, that's battling a little bit of the flu, I like your side here with the Illini. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy I got six. Uh, I, I still like I, I still don't mind it at seven. I, I, if you made me bet it right now at seven, I would only lay. I don't want to take mm-hmm. uh, with Ohio State on uh, that one. Let's go to the Ohio Valley. Uh, probably, Kelly, probably a very rare occurrence. We mentioned the Ohio Valley on this program, but it's a huge one there tonight. No, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> Murray State, who I West Murray State should be in the NCAA tournament, regardless I of what happens in the OVC tournament uh, later on, uh, starting next week, actually. Uh, this is the last matchup for these two teams as OVC mm-hmm. members in the regular season. Murray State laying three at home against Belmont. I just think Murray State is a much better basketball team. So I'll very happily lay only three well, with the Racers at home. And it's tough to go against them, obviously. Murray undefeated in OVC play. So they've already, I believe, clinched the one seed. Yes. The top three are set for that Ohio Valley tournament. Murray's going to be the one. Belmont, the two. Moorhead State, the three. Small lean to Belmont here. I didn't end up I didn't end up betting it because this is kind of one of those teams I don't want to get in front of with Murray State. By the way, in the first meeting, down there in Nashville in Belmont's gym. Murray State 14 of 25 from the three in that first game, and Belmont was 5 of 23. Usually it's Belmont that's right. the really good three-point shooting team that kind of lives and dies by that, uh, going all the way to back when Rick Bird coached them for many years now as longtime assistant Casey Alexander, the coach there. But Murray can get what they want, I think, at the rim, too. I think they were 1.24 points for possession at the rim, and then you add 14 to 25 from the three. It's hard to beat. Nobody's going to beat you. Skip Brown going to be back for Murray State, so another athlete down there. This is one, and I wanted to take Belmont just in the situation here with all the pressure on Murray State, but I elected not to just because I worry the Bruins, while very smart and they execute very well, especially offensively, I just worry they're going to get a little out-athleted. Yeah, I think, again, I just think Murray State's a lot better than them. Of course, you do get a little concerned when you have a team has an, a team has an outlier three-point mm-hmm. shooting effort in the first matchup, uh, but I, I just think Murray State much better laying three at home. You are right, though. A lot of pressure on the racers, even though I don't think it matters. Even if they were to lose tonight and they didn't win the LVC, right. it'd be absolutely insane if the committee left them out of the tournament at this point, Was Yeah, I think they're going to get an at-large here. That league, pretty good, all things considered. Morehead State's pretty good as the three seed in that conference in Belmont. Probably have to win the OVC, but they're pretty darn good as well. I just think Murray is better than they are. We have more more to come. Primetime action, hour number three, coming your way here on VSIN. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.